Hello and welcome aboard the Galat Says Podcast, available live exclusively on Twitch, the only place you can interact with the show. We are starting this bad boy extremely late on a Thursday after a successful day of adulting. Taxes paid on time. Registration complete for the car. New license application complete. It only took me a week to do things that I imagined a lot of adults would be able to get done in one day. But damn it, it is done, and I'm feeling very, very good. If you don't like to watch this thing live on Twitch, you can, of course, subscribe and listen to this podcast. The Galant Says Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, be that Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, on this April 14th of 2022. And tomorrow, it's going to be interesting for me, tomorrow... The Seattle Mariners, the team that I covered for the last two-plus years while I was working at 710 ESPN in Seattle, they will host the Houston Astros, the team that I was covering for the first eight years of my career in Houston over at Sports Radio 610, and now I'm covering again at ESPN 97.5. I have joked in the past that I want to have a monogamous open relationship where I get to have the relations with the Astros and have the relations with the Mariners. But guess what? They can't do it. It's just for me. I bring this up because of a date that I went on on Bumble a long time ago, a yoga date, where I went out with somebody who was in an open relationship and she basically said, well, yeah, I get to be in the open relationship, but my significant other doesn't. And you would be in the same situation. And I was like, wait, no. (laughs) But I I like your confidence. But I feel like I should be able to do that with the Astros and the Mariners. But uh, I have a question for you. Am I allowed to do it? Am I allowed to root for multiple teams in the same sport? Dave's not here, man713 asks, what the fuck is going on, Mr. G? Not a whole lot. Just hanging out, Max, and relaxing all cool. Right here in my little apartment studio, next to all my little Funko Pops to my left. It's it's way over-decorated, and the funny thing is you can't actually see any of it on camera. But am I allowed to root for multiple teams in the same sport? I'm going to explain why I feel like I should be allowed to root for both the Houston Astros and Seattle Mariners this year, though I will have a clear preference between the two. The Astros. No offense to the Mariners fans out there, but... That's a team I've been following for eight years. It's a team I saw win a World Series. It's different when that happens. Here's my defense. I don't know where the fuck I'm from anymore. I don't. Grew up in Boston, but I don't identify as being from Boston anymore. You can say however the hell you want to identify in 2022. But I don't really think I'm from Boston anymore. I was born in Boston, to be specific, in South Weymouth, Plymouth County on the South Shore. Lived there till I was 14. Went to high school in Florida. There for four years. Went up to Syracuse for college and I thought to myself, I'm probably going to end up back in Boston. That didn't happen. Went to Houston. Was there for eight years. Seattle for two. Now here for, we're approaching five, five months or so. Maybe we're almost at six months in a couple of weeks. Five and a half. So, when you've lived all over the place and you are someone who covers sports for a living, you stop being able to watch the teams that you grew up rooting for. And it stops being quite the same. 
I love the Patriots. Am I as diehard of a Patriot fan as I was as a kid? Absolutely not. And I'd say the same thing with the Celtics. I'm a diehard Patriots and Celtics fan, at least by comparison to the other sports that I root for. But is it the same? No. I mean, it changed shit just when I moved to Florida a little bit. I got NFL Sunday ticket the first year I moved down there with my mom so I could watch the Patriots. That was like a stipulation for moving. Thank you, mom, for allowing me to do that. But it wasn't something that I had all four years that I was in high school in Florida. And it started to change a little bit. I started watching game casts of games and stuff. That's a weird fucking question. Dave's not here, man. Would you consider drinking Vanessa's bathwater? I wouldn't drink anyone's bathwater. That's fucking gross. It's going to be soap in it. Ugh. Also, Vanessa would probably slap you if you were to ask that. She was in the same room. Vanessa's cool, so fuck off. Um, but I appreciate that questions. You can ask any questions. We will answer them honestly. As we continue trying to figure out why it is that I believe I can root for multiple sports teams. When you've lived in a bunch of different places, that same passion isn't there anymore. And you also start rooting for the teams that you watch on a nightly basis. People used to ask me if it was authentic, me rooting for Houston sports teams. Well, if you remembered, I never quite got behind the Texans and the Rockets. It's because the Texans and Rockets never really impressed me. I have high standards. But the Astros eventually did. So it was easy to jump on the Astros bandwagon. Then we move on to the Seattle, greater Seattle area. Seahawks were easy to get behind. Track record consistency maybe not the Patriots but yeah I rooted for them when I was up there the Mariners I thought to myself I don't know how this is going to go because I do like the Astros and I don't think I'm ever going to like another baseball team the same way that I like the Astros however the Mariners played really well last year and I had some fun kind of rooting for the Mariners when they were playing against the Astros but during that moment in time I did not think I was going to ever end up moving back from Seattle to Houston I thought I was going to be there for the rest of my life that's at least the way I had planned it Obviously, things didn't work out that way at the job. So now here I am back in Houston with a series about to start. And I'm not going to lie. I want both teams to have fun, though I am leaning towards Houston because I cover them on a daily basis. Uh, we have a comment. This is from Instant Karma 206. It's okay to root for multiple teams, but not if they're in the same division. You got to pick a side. Do I have to hate the other teams, though, that are in the same division? I, I don't think I do. I don't, and I think it's, I, I think legitimately I get like an extenuating circumstance hall pass that others don't get. Of course, I'm going to try to defend my ability to root for both teams, but if the Mariners are playing the Astros, I will be rooting for the Mariners. Hell, I even got MLB, uh, what the hell is the thing? MLB first pitch, MLB all access, MLB Ticket, I forget. Whatever the hell it is, I, I have the ability to watch Mariners games this year. Am I going to go out of my way to watch them? Probably not. I didn't really go out of my way to watch a lot of Boston sporting events when I was in Houston at first. Maybe the Patriots from time to time if they were playing in primetime or something like that. But no, I, I'm, I'm probably not going to go out of my way to do it, but I, I will be rooting for them. I'll just be rooting for the Astros more. Uh, but what what are the rules here? Are you allowed to root for multiple teams in the same sport? I think you are if you have a really good reason. I feel like my reason is valid. But it has to be a good reason. It has to be just as good of a reason if you root for a team that's not from the place that you grew up in. Oh, well, my parent is a fan of X, Y, or Z. I think that's a good reason. Oh, well, I went to a couple of their games once while out of town, and I felt a part of it. That's a good reason. 
not as good of a reason as if your parents indoctrinate you into rooting for something, but it's a good reason. It gets a little dubious when you're like, well, I just like them. You got to come up with a better lie than that. Come up with a better backstory with that at, at the very least, you know, because if you just come out and say like, yeah, you know, I just, I just like rooting for them and you're open and, and you don't have anything to back it up. I, we're all going to think you're full of shit. Uh, is a karma 206 says I have three NFL teams lived in all three spots. I think that works. If you've lived in a place, I feel like you are allowed to root for a team that played where you lived. It's a lot easier to feel good about Tom Brady leaving the Patriots, given that I did live in Tampa Bay for four years for high school. And it's fun to see my friends be excited about football. So, yeah, I have been rooting for the Bucks a little bit over the last couple of years. Obviously, it's more so because of Tom Brady than it is because of having lived in Tampa Bay. But, yeah, that's a team that I like. But I don't root for the Rays. I don't like the Rays at all. No. Nope. I do like the Lightning. That's my hockey team of all teams. But, again, I'm weird, and I've lived all over the place. Do you have rules for this? What is allowed? What is out of bounds? Very curious as to what you think on this. But I don't give a shit what you say to me. I'm still rooting for the Astros and Mariners. Just rooting for the Astros more. And Fuentes Respector. I was a Cardinals fan before my family moved to Houston. It was my first Little League team. Had to keep that quiet for years. That's an interesting one. Your first Little League team. Hmm. My first little league team was the Mets. I was by default growing up in Boston, just not allowed to root for that team. Like you can't, you can't, if you're from Boston, you can't root for a team from New York. If you're from Boston, you can't really root for a team from Philadelphia either, though it's a little bit more acceptable in the football side of things since the Eagles and the uh, are, are in a different conference, but New York never. And also it's weird for me too, because my mom's family's from Philadelphia, but huh? St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, I, th- I thought you were saying that. I played for so many like little league team t-shirts that I it's, I mean, I was essentially like a shitty journeyman. <laughs> I was never on the same team. I, I was on the Rockies actually back-to-back years, third grade and fourth grade, I was on the Rockies. I was on the Red Sox in second grade, which I was so pumped up about. I think in fifth grade, I was on the A's. Sixth grade, I want to say Expos or Cubs. And then the other year I was the Expos or Cubs. I forget which one it was. It was cool to have those uniforms. Then you had to like these these hats. And the hats were essentially like Hanover, the town. So it was just an H on the top of my hat. Never a good hat, but the jerseys were sick. Like they actually looked like authentic. So you got uh, uh, older and older. I love that. So there you go. Uh, I'm very curious. Keep those comments coming on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Gallant says... We got more quarterback drama. This time it's once again from Kyler Murray, who remains insufferable. And here's what we're hearing. He reportedly won't play under the current terms of the fourth year of his rookie contract, which means he will hold out most likely if he doesn't get a new deal that he deems acceptable. And here's some of the tea leaves that we are getting. Per pro football talk, Murray has been angling for his second contract. The Cardinals have not yet made an offer. Per a league source with knowledge of the situation, the Cardinals have told Murray they'll take care of him this summer. So maybe Murray should be patient, right? You hear that? Anyway, Pro Football Talks write-up continues. He apparently wants to be taken care of now. Oh, so he's a giant fucking baby. More accurately, he apparently wants to know whether the team and Murray will be in the same financial ballpark sooner than later. Wow, Diva. 
let's continue reading the tea leaves before I get into too much judgment. Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray per Albert Breer and his camp have long viewed the draft as a deadline for a new contract. We talked about this back in March because if they were going to ask for a trade, they'd want to do it before then. Okay, well, you can ask for a trade, but what I mean, didn't Aaron Rodgers ask for a trade before the draft last year? He didn't get traded. What does that do? Other than just make a giant headache for the team that you play for and probably piss off all your teammates. The whole draft that's going to be hijacked, coverage of that's going to be turned into coverage about how the Catman wants to get traded somewhere. Tom Pelissero, the Cardinals have yet to make a contract offer to Pro Bowl quarterback Kyler Murray, whose agent Eric Burkhart, who likes to write long notes online, informed the team weeks ago he was pulling his opening proposal off the table. Other teams are monitoring closely. Arizona insists Murray won't be traded. And they have no reason to trade Murray. They'd be stupid to trade Murray. You know, how often do you get a chance to drop draft the quarterback in the top 10 back-to-back years and actually nail it on one of those two? Like, shit, you could fuck it up both years. So, let's focus on Murray for a second. Murray is still fairly removed from that fifth-year option. That's the year after this coming one. Bro, what the fuck have you done to earn a new contract? Like, what is it that you're going to point at on the PowerPoint presentation to say that you deserve a big-time contract? And I suppose you could say, well, Derek Carr got a contract. What the fuck's that all about? And there's, I guess, four quarterbacks this offseason who have all gotten a ton of money. This is just the going rate for quarterbacks. Yeah, maybe it is. But, I mean, what happened to the Eagles when they gave Carson Wentz that big deal? Not good things. Jared Goff with the Rams. Not good things. And again, what has Kyler Murray done? He has been considered an MVP candidate halfway through the last two years, but not a really serious one either of the last two years. We got a continued comment. Dave's on here, man, 713. I'm just chilling, drinking some lawnmowers and smoking some killers. A huge fan of Galan at night. How are you going to build a podcast telling your fans to fuck off? Because it's fun. Listen, if you're going to make a comment like that, what, I got to be a fucking monkey and just sit here and not actually respond? Like, you're talking about drinking my co-host bathwater. I'm going to respond to it. I'm not going to ignore it, but I can tell you to fuck off. Fuck off is fine. doesn't mean, like, go to hell or something like that. If you're from the Northeast, like, you just tell someone to fuck off if you disagree with it. This has happened a couple of times, actually, with some people down here. Maybe I, maybe this is something I need to work on myself, saying fuck off to my friends. Because I say fuck off, I'm just like, fuck off. You know? Just sort of the same way that uh, Logan Roy says it in, in Succession. Or, honestly, just any character in Succession says it. I think that the lines fuck off are said more than in any other, uh, in, in that show more than any other, obviously. But it is said, it seems like once an episode. Someone did a montage of all the times that fuck off is said on su- Succession. Maybe we'll go to that later on. Assuming we actually have, like, the rights to do it. (laughs) All right. Um, Anyway, going back to this. I think Kyler Murray's a good quarterback, but he's also a guy that over the last two years has gotten banged up down the stretch, and when he has been banged up down the stretch, guess what's happened? The Cardinals have fallen apart. And then you hear all these stories about how he might not be the most mature guy out there. Again, what the fuck have you done to earn an extension? What have you done? Please elaborate. And you can't point at was the midseason MVP. That's what Russell Wilson and his camp would probably do, which is also annoying. Hey, Russell, it's me, Russell Wilson. Did you watch the first half of 
2020, can you believe I haven't gotten an MVP vote ever? Did you watch the first half of 2019? <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Never gotten an MVP vote. Well, you got to do it for the whole season. And honestly, I, I mean, there, there was a time where I thought to myself, you know, I could see Wilson getting an MVP vote. I could see Murray getting an MVP, eh, MVP vote eventually. But, I mean, the guy's slight, and it seems like one well-placed hit can really take him out. So all I'm saying is on that front, on that front, you have got to be extremely careful if you're the Cardinals. You've seen this. You, you have sample sizes in three years where Kyler Murray's been banged up later in the year. Remember, for, if you're a Seahawks fan, remember the end of the 2019 season? You might forget that the Cardinals lost to Brett Hundley. Excuse me, the Seahawks lost to the Cardinals and Brett Hundley at um, uh, then, uh, what was it called then? CenturyLink Field then. Now Lumen Field. But Kyler Murray was banged up. He got taken out of that game, and then Brett Hundley was the one who finished it. Murray played in every single game that year. Murray's no doubt tough, but Murray is affected by injuries. In the same way that Baker Mayfield has been affected by injuries. Ooh, what a transition, Paul. What a transition. Oh, that's not it. Damn it. I got to figure out all these soundboards here. We'll just play this anyway. This is the button I was trying to play. Trying to do a transition. We need a board operator. We need a producer. We need all sorts of different things. But here is an interesting tidbit, and it has to do with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, first off, that he did a long podcast with a couple of just totally regular-looking dudes with a dog passed out on the side uh, of him on the couch. And... He talked about all the things that he went through last year, including he hurt his left shoulder where he tore his labrum completely in week two, trying to make a tackle against the Texans. Four weeks later, he dislocated his shoulder at a weird angle. He fractured it and he downplayed both of these things. And he played in every single game. He shouldn't have been Kevin Stefanski should have stepped in and benched him. I guess Baker Mayfield maybe should have been a little bit more honest about how affected he was by the injury. But if you're a tough quarterback trying to get a new contract, I can see how you would want to tough it out. And I feel like he deserves a little bit of respect because of that. You know, I would honestly, if I were one of his teammates, even if I didn't think he was the best quarterback and who could, I would have a great deal of respect for him having played through those injuries for me. But I would also think I could do better, which is why you see Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry and some of these other guys who were playing with Baker Mayfield and clearly weren't thrilled playing with Baker Mayfield, whether or not it was because of his health this past season or other things that we don't know about. That's why they've all been maybe not... Directly, but indirectly, whether it's through Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad or through sources that are leaking that Odell Beckham Jr. would be open to a return to the Browns and stuff like that, maybe you see those stories and maybe there is more to it than Baker Mayfield being not enough of an adult, maybe taking things, being a little bit too sensitive. Maybe there's other things that are going on behind the scenes we don't know about. Maybe he's a dick. I don't know. But I enjoyed the interview that he did, and I guess in that interview... Didn't watch the entirety of it, but I watched most of it. He said that the Seahawks are the most likely option for him this coming year. Seahawks. I don't think that's true. I bet he would like it to be true, but I don't see the Seahawks, a team that does not have any draft picks right now, trading a draft pick to get Baker Mayfield. I think that they would take Baker Mayfield on as part of some deal that maybe would mean that the Seahawks also get a draft pick or something like that, like a late round pick to take on his contract. 
But I think they would have to do some cap room finagling to actually fit him on the books, even with Russell Wilson gone now. And on top of that, I mean, how much better does he really make you? I, I don't know definitively that he makes you much better than like a, I don't know, eight, nine win team. Definitely makes you better than what you have right now. That's for sure. And if the Seahawks are claiming they're going to contend with Drew Locke, who's not good, and Geno Smith, who sucks, as the two guys competing for the starting gig, that's that's not that's not where you want to be. And that's why it's been a little bit annoying to hear everything that Pete Carroll has been saying. Uh, a couple of comments here. Twitch.tv slash Gallant says. Twitch.tv slash Gallant says. Make sure that you're following, subscribing, etc. I've got a nice little audience tonight. Thank you. Appreciate you guys joining me. Because obviously I didn't announce when I was going to start this thing. And Fuentes Respector asks, did y'all talk about Bill Simmons saying fuck Jalen Green today? Yes, Vanessa and I did talk about that. Here are my thoughts on it. If you listen to the comments, Bill Simmons is being relatively sarcastic. I think, too, that he and Ryan Russillo have had enough public dealings with insufferable Rockets fans where they enjoy trolling Rockets fans. I don't blame them as someone who has dealt with the exact same shit. You guys were such ridiculous hardened stands. It's nauseating. Hardened, by the way, this week. I don't know if you saw it going into their opening series, which uh, tips off on Saturday at 5 against Toronto. I will be watching that game where James Harden says he's not feeling any pressure. Oh, well, I mean, man, you must be living the life, James Harden. But look, uh, to, to Simmons' point, I understand why he made it. Because Jalen Green wasn't good in the first half of the year. Second half of the year, he got a lot better. You can make the same case for a couple of the other rookies that I think that Bill Simmons actually put on his all-rookie team. I think Cade Cunningham specifically, we're talking like the rookies that had three to four more wins. But I think there's a fair argument to be made that it took Jalen Green such a long period of time that you put him on the second team instead. But do you really give a shit about the awards? There's something about the awards races that I don't get the energy about. Like, they're not winning a title for you. It's nice to see one of your favorite players win an award, you know, but is it the end-all, be-all? Like, are you really going to be that upset if your guy doesn't get it? You know whether or not your your guy's good. Does he need to be appreciated by everybody else to make you feel better about yourself? It's a weird dynamic, and maybe it does, And, and, and I, but... I mean, all right, your favorite player won MVP. What are you going to do? You're going to go, like, go get hammered downtown with your friends and, and like, parade and shit like that? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so, man. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Gallant says, Brad Hall 34. Howdy, Paul. Hope the DMV didn't destroy you today. No, today was the easiest day. Uh, there is, uh, it's north of the city, I think, on Shepherd. I forget what the place is called, but it's the DPS. It is so quick. That place is so fucking quick. And I wish that you could do everything for out-of-state registration changes and licenses. I wish you could do it all in the same place. It, that place is awesome. And there were some very friendly people there, too, that got me in and out. Like, I, I, I went up there. I thought I had an appointment. Apparently, the appointment didn't set in. So I go, I sit down. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll wait for a little bit of time. And someone told me to get, as soon as I sat down, someone told me, get up and go to, uh, I think it was like booth eight. And I was like, all right, easy. Uh, let's read this. I think this is since the karma two six seems like the Hawks are going against the philosophy of competing daily without competition at the quarterback position. Well, let's get to that. Al Woods Seahawks defensive lineman was asked by reporters today 
why he believes the team can compete without Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. Saying, quote, it's just the culture we have. The culture we have is a winning culture. Us being competitive at practice. It's not going to be the same group of starters. However, everybody has got to go out there and compete. The best players are going to play. I feel like once we get out there and start the camaraderie, the togetherness, and start working with each other, iron sharpens iron. I think we're going to be all right. No, I think he's full of shit. No offense, Al Woods. Please don't hurt me. Big guy. Love watching him clothesline fuckers running up the middle. But you're full of it here. Culture in a league like the NFL where turnover is so rampant, it is hard to maintain. Now, the Patriots have had in some way done it for a while, and I should say had done it for a while, is incredible. But why do you think they did it? I love Bill Belichick. I think Bill Belichick's done a great job with that team, and I think that he's a big part of getting Tom Brady to the player that he ultimately became. I think their partnership was massive. But how does that culture exist when Tom Brady leaves? and goes to Tampa Bay and changes Tampa Bay's culture immediately. A couple of guys in a locker room can make all the difference. I don't think losing Bobby Wagner is going to be that big of a deal for the Seahawks. I really don't. But losing Russell Wilson, at least as far as wins losses go this year, it will be. And I don't think that a culture is going to overcome a clear major downgrade, a quarterback, you know, like that to me, relax, and stop trying to sell me on how culture can overcome all. This is not the culture of a 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014 Seahawks team. That's not it anymore. That's a long, long time ago. Uh, and Fuentes Respector asks, Seattle people, what do you all think about the return you got for Wilson? Any return was bad in my opinion. Any return, because you shouldn't trade him. Should have forced him to force his way out. There's no benefit to moving on from him. What happens if he's not injured all season long? What happens if he actually can, I don't know, do what an offense is asking him to do as opposed to being addicted to going for the long ball? Maybe things would have been a little bit better. But if I'm the Seahawks, I, I see no net gain in moving on from him. You got some draft picks, great, but you got to hit with those draft picks and John Schneider hasn't been awesome at drafting of late. I think in recent years you could point at some successes, but it's been a while. Uh, Brad Hall, 34. I like the idea of, I think, Baker Mayfield backing up in Tampa better. No one's no one's bringing in Baker to back up. He's too expensive. You can't, you know? And I don't think that he would tolerate being a backup with the way that he's been talking. I, I, don't, know, I don't know if he's eaten enough humble pie to, in the eyes of other teams, to be the guy that is actually going to be willing to sit back, take a back seat. Uh, Brad Hall, 34. I miss the days of you and me and Pauly G. You and me and Pauly G. You and me and Dupree. We're talking about the Beast on Pauly G show back in the day. I don't even know. Beast Quick 2011. Seahawks going with the poo-poo platter at quarterback. That's, I mean, we're going like the, the poop platter. Drew Locke is not good. He hasn't been good except for one time against the Texans. And Geno Smith bleh, says they went 7-9 with... Tavares Jackson, mostly because Tavares couldn't engineer any game-winning drives. Lots of close losses. But this team isn't as talented as that team, right? Like, that team was talented with Tavares Jackson and had the building blocks of what ultimately became a championship team. 2012, obviously, you saw a whole lot, you saw a whole lot more of it. Yeah, this I, I don't know what the building blocks are. Like, you have two great wide receivers. I do like your running back group. But after that, like, what... 
what are you really pointing to if you're the Seahawks? Culture? Like, get the fuck out of here with that. Sorry. One last thing uh, before we hit the road. I, I just wanted to watch this because it's, it's fun to watch sports in other countries and just to see how they take things uh, a lot more seriously. Uh, this is a match between um, Atletico Madrid and I, I'm guessing Madrid City. Anyway, there was a break in the action because of something dirty that took place. And a bit of a brawl, and it all stems from this moment right here. And if you're watching on twitch.tv slash Galan says, we can do a little Zapruder analysis here. All right, so here we go. You got a, oh wait, let me change the audio here. So we can hear this British guy in the background talking. Let's hear it. Let's hear it here. Do, 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 do. Is that a cockroach? That's disgusting. Get out of here, you fucker. I kill him. This is what happens when you live in a not so great apartment complex. All right, hang on a second. Why was it playing for the? Okay, whatever. We're just gonna keep on playing it here. So watch this. <laughs> so right there, and I don't know how you guys feel about that word, but right there, someone said you're a cunt. His name is Jack Grealish from, I guess, Manchester City. So this is Manchester City versus Lidico Madrid. See how much I know about soccer? Madrid City, what the hell? Then fun disrespecter, LOL. Hey, listen, I'm trying to figure it out. I, I, I just saw this video online. Would you end a fight with somebody if they called you that? To me, I, I don't know. I think it's a funny word. I, I know you're not supposed to say the C word. And perhaps I'm going to get canceled for that on this podcast. I've already sworn enough, though. It's late in the podcast, right? Would you get in a fight with somebody over that? And if you got in a fight with somebody over that, would you, I don't know. Would you pull another man's hair? Like that. I mean, look at this. He's pulling his hair. I mean, you know, some people are into that. But that's kind of weird. That is kind of weird. There's some other stuff that took place in this fight, and I don't know why, for whatever reason, the audio is playing through my speakers as opposed to through the actual soundboard itself. But uh, let's let's watch a little bit more of this. Then Savage, was, as you said, picked up Phil. They gave like tried to I guess the pitch, but stoppage time, seven cards the towards the end of this. Showed, but I think when Foden went down, Felipe had a look. The former Manchester another, City man is the only player that's been shown a yellow card. Why do they always, like, raise up their uh, hands when they get a card? card. Is, is he... This is it here, Pim. Then you have this moment. Afterwards now, there. This riveting audio, isn't that. it? It's got him that... Look at that flop. Hang on a second. Let's pause for a second. Let's pause for a second. This is it here, Pim. Okay, so he slides. Clearly jumps over now. him. There. That little... He gets up. It's got him Gets the back of his leg. He's acting like he's dead. I mean, that... That's terrible. And I like that this guy goes over and tries to pull him up. I like it. Because he just looks like a total, total puss. Like, do you have any pride, soccer players? That's what I don't get. Like, you will flop. Do Do you know that there are cameras on you that people are going to zoom in on this and make fun of you after the fact for it? The lack of shame from soccer players here, the lack of honor, it's something I will never ever, ever be able to get uh, some comments here. 
I watch a lot of Australian football. Those guys are men. Fight, then play on. Yeah. Uh, and Fuentes Respecter, I'd be way more offended if I recalled the uh, the other F-bomb, the full word. I can see how someone would get mad about that. I got to a point where I'm like, eh, I mean, if that's the best you can do, you're, you're just not that creative as an insulter. But I have also dealt with people calling me that word a lot. <laughs> not that I, not that I am a gay person or anything like that, but for whatever reason, people like, people like to throw that one out, especially on the old text line and stuff. Um, can't do that anymore. Used to be a word for a bundle of blazing sticks. And there once was a great South Park episode that made fun of people that drive with their cars really loud and their motorcycles really loud. And they're like, this is what we should call those people. Emily says, I would definitely be offended if someone called me a C word. Yeah, that's fair. You're a woman. I'm a female, so that probably makes a difference. Yeah, that if, if a guy called me it, and I, as a guy, was called it, I don't think I would care. I don't. I think I would probably laugh, because it's funny in England, I guess. It's like more of a, uh, it's more of a acceptable word over there, I think. Uh, and Fuentes Respector says, I guess when people get carded, they raise their hand to gain favor with the ref. For some reason, they think admitting to a foul right away will keep you from getting a red card. Okay. <laughs> Does this guy got the right card. Look at this. What? What is he? I don't want to sound racist here, but I mean, he looks Italian. Hey, what's going on? Why am I getting this this card over here? Hey, um, let's go a little further. He's got a dead red card. He's off. Atletico Madrid down to ten. He's got the top. Not me and I wouldn't want to be spanked by my coach like that. Just happened right there, right before we're about to do a kick. I guess he took too long, so he gets a card here. Oh, look, someone else died. What happened here? We don't see what killed him. Did the ref kill him? Kind of looks like the ref killed him there. Ooh, a little shove. Another card. I like his little hat. It's like the weirdest looking headband I've ever seen. So anyway, guys, that's been Let's Watch Soccer, and Paul doesn't know what the fuck is going on. I hope that you guys enjoyed it, and we'll definitely do it again. Paul doesn't know what the fuck is going on while watching soccer. Appreciate everyone for tuning in to today's very late edition of the Galant Says podcast available live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Galant Says. We're thinking about possibly doing this at a different time. Optimally, I would like to do this like once I'm done with the workday so that I can, you know, get on with my day, maybe do other things, but we'll see. We might move it to nights because this was the most audience that we have ever had. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. If you haven't already, follow the Galant Says podcast, Galant Says, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Galant Says. I really appreciate it. This is this is where we're going to build the community up, but you can subscribe to the podcast. Galant Says on podcasts. What the hell am I talking about? Jeez, Paul, not making any sense. You tired, Paul? Galant Says on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts as well. Emily says, thanks for the stream, Paul. Good luck with the house search tomorrow. Thank you. I'm really excited to look for a house, a condo, something. We'll see if I actually am able to find a place that I like. I am sure that I will not. But if you assume the worst, you can only be made happy. Terrible mentality to have, whatever. So long. Farewell. Thanks for tuning in tonight. And you will hear from me on Monday. Until then, later.